the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's 11.04, and we're going to be here till 12 o'clock, like we are every Saturday from 10 a.m. till noon, talking about car and car repair problems, and you're welcome to join us, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. This portion of Under the Hood, which is the name of our show, is brought to you by Air Park Auto Service. Nadine and Stacy owned Air Park Auto Service in 1985, just about the same time that Renee and I opened our auto repair shop. Well, Stacy passed away a couple of years ago, and Nadine is still running the shop. So, so for those of you that are interested in doing business with a female-owned shop that answers to no male, perhaps ladies get a comfort zone associated with that, and I understand that, certainly. Then Air Park Auto, if you live in North Scottsdale, would be exactly the place you'd go. She's on Rain Tree just east of Hayden, oh, three, four, five blocks south of Bell. So on Hayden Road and Rain Tree, you go east, and she's on your right-hand side. And she really is a very, very good, well-run, well-respected auto repair shop. That's Air Park Auto Service. That's on Rain Tree just east of Hayden in Scottsdale. We have a caller, Matthew. Matthew, good morning to you. How can we help you? Oh, good morning. I was uh, calling about a 77 Chevy uh, pickup truck that I've been helping my son out with for a year and a half or so. And I got two questions, one about misfiring and the other about uh, the four-wheel drive. Which one do you want to deal with? Oh, I, I don't care. Hit me with the, whichever one first you want. Well, the, let me go to the four-wheel drive first because when he bought it, uh, we tried putting it in four-wheel drive uh just for a short period of time, but it it was really difficult to get into uh, four-wheel drive. And we took it out to a parking lot I, and uh, just drove a couple hundred feet. And, and I said, yeah, we don't really know what we're doing. Let's take it back out. And when we learn more, then we'll deal with it. So that was a year. Hey, well, let me ask you some questions. Is the four-wheel, they activate the four-wheel drive, are you using a shifter that comes out of the floor or are you using some electronics on the dash? Oh, no, no. It's uh, It's got the, the uh, little shifter in the floor. It's a okay. it's manual transmission. Okay. So, so you know, what you'd really want to do is, is you'd want one person, I think high lock is all the way forward, if I'm not mistaken. So you would just, you're going to, move the truck back and forth. You get it on level ground, and you just kind of push it forward a little bit, push it backwards a little bit, and we're going to take that shifter, and we're going to move it forward one notch at a time on our way towards four-wheel drive. And you can actually do it with a manual transmission just by kind of clutching it. So you, you'll apply just a little bit of pressure to the shifter, 
you're in first gear, you let the clutch out and roll forward three, four, five feet, and more than likely you'll align the gears and the shifter will skip forward. And then you'll hit neutral, and then I think you go to four-wheel high. And, 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 and that's probably what you can do to exercise that. But the, the, if it, the extreme would be we're going to have to go in there, pull the shifter out, and stick it in a solvent tank for about a week and a half, clean it all up, lube the heck out of it, and then put it all back on. And that's more than likely what might have to happen unless you can get this free. Once you get it into the gear, then it's going to go back and forth a little easier every time you use it. But it's not a it's not a difficult one. It's just a manual shift of the transfer case. So you're gonna that stick is attached to the transfer case, and a lot of times nobody uses it for a long period of time. So this this happens. I can tell you, a seasoned guy with gray hair would have a 75, 80 percent chance of getting that thing in all the gears within about 20 minutes. So okay. let's go on to the other one. You had a misfire issue. Yeah, it's uh, it's been. Uh... Well, it's my understanding that mis misfiring is different. It's the same thing as backfiring. It's just coming out of one is coming out of carburetor. No, it's it's completely different. You don't want to say misfire. Okay. You want to say what it is. Is it backfiring through the carburetor at idle, or is it backfiring the carburetor when you accelerate, or is it doing under fifty miles an hour? It, when is it, it backfires? Well, it backfires when he shuts it off, but not every time, just occasionally. Okay. Then, um, so we, does it seem to idle rather high? Is it idling high? Uh, I don't know if you'd consider it high or not. Okay. Well, sometimes when it when the idle's set too high, like in the eight or nine hundred RPM range, when you shut off a manual transmission, um, the carburetor will continue to dump fuel into the cylinder. There'll be some red-hot carbon in there, and you'll get a backfire. Is the backfire through the air cleaner, or is the backfire through the tailpipe? Uh, through the tailpipe. Okay. So that would be an exhaust valve. Now, it, if the exhaust valves were hanging up and uh, you had an explosion and the valve hadn't closed yet, um, that's not a real serious issue at this particular point. I'd probably uh, thin out the oil just a little bit and see if I could exercise that. Has this truck been on a 100-mile, 70-mile-an-hour cruise in a long time? Uh, no, he doesn't usually run it uh, on the freeways. It's just back and forth to school and, you know, around town a little bit. Okay, well, do you ever leave town on business or anything for 100 miles? Uh, no, we haven't felt confident taking it, you know, up north or anything. Just okay. concerned about, you know, we, we wanted to take it hunting this year, but we didn't feel like it was ready. Okay. Well, as far as the valves are concerned, you know, I would, if it was my son, I, I just, I'd get some oil in and I'd probably put a 1030 in it. I think that the possibility exists that the, the uh, valves are hanging up because of the tremendous amount of varnish in it. So I, I'm quite sure that I'd probably just take the afternoon off and turn my phone off and drive to Tucson and, you know, see somebody I haven't seen in a while and then drive it back. I may drive it fourth gear sometimes, fifth gear sometimes. I wouldn't go third, and you know. But but I think you just exercise this horse a little bit better, and I, I think that that may very well go away. If it doesn't do it on acceleration, then it's not like you got a burnt valve. So that's you've eliminated by what you told me we've eliminated anything really serious unless we can't get that valve to unstick and then if we can't get that valve to unstick then you might have to fill that uh, motor with some solvent and run it on solvent for a minute at a time 
over a period of a couple of days, then drain the solvent out and put oil in it, and maybe do a second or a third oil change to get all the solvent out of it. And that sometimes will clean the varnish and keep the valves from hanging up. Yeah. But that's the best I have to offer you. All right. Well, no, that's really helpful. It does, it does misfire also, I think, at around 30 miles an hour in, in second gear at a certain point, um, usually when he's going uphill. Uh, he can almost get it to do it. And I think that's. I think he's doing about 35 miles an hour when it went. Okay, is that backfire out of the second type of the second gear? Say that again. It's like I think it's either second. Uh, I think it's between uh, second and third gear. Okay, and but the backfire is it through the air cleaner or through the tailpipe? No, no, through the air cleaner. Yeah, through the carburetor. Okay. And, and that again, that now now we've got two valves that are hanging up because we got an exhaust valve hanging off, hanging up when you sh- shut the car off. Otherwise, it's not closed completely. And as you okay. shut the car off, the motor is going to make three or four or a hundred revolutions before it comes to a stop. And so, if you've got the exhaust valve hanging up when you shut it off, and you've got the intake valve hanging up at X RPM in second gear then more than likely that, that motor's pretty varnished up. In the old days, we used to put some methyl ethyl ketone, M-E-K, in motors, which is now illegal in every place of the world. But we used to put M-E-K in the motors that were all varnished up. And when we got done, those motors were squeaky clean on the inside. But I don't really know anything that works as well as that, but you're not going to find any of that, so you're just going to have to deal with solvent, if that's the case. The alternative is to take the heads off, and have them redone, and I suggest there's a lot of steps before that. Okay? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So there's a, a, a uh, an oil additive that would be helpful then? You know, I, I don't know that there would be an oil additive. I, I would think you'd put five quarts of solvent in it and start it up for a minute or two and shut it off and then let it sit overnight and start it up for a minute or two and shut it off. And I wouldn't run it more than maybe 60 seconds to a minute 20, um, you know, a minute 30, something like that. And then uh, pull the drain plug, drain the solvent out of it, let it sit overnight, and then put five quarts of 1030 in it and go drive it and see how much progress you make. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not familiar with that, but okay, you can buy buy a solvent in any of the parts. Okay. Okay. All right, well, good luck to you. All right, thank you very much. And Gil, we don't hear the doorbell, so we're going to assume. Uh, that actually, we have else. Kathy. She's ready for your uh, call. Okay, Kathy. Good morning to you. How can we help you? Good morning. I have a 2009. Uh, what do you call it? Um, Frontier Nissan Frontier. It's a six-cylinder. The heat yes. core went out, and it's a little chilly here in Phoenix without any heat on. And I'm trying to find out what kind of money. And I've so far I've had about a six hundred dollar. Uh, estimate nobody's looked at it but six hundred dollars and some people said oh we can get it out today and some people said it may be two or three days so that's one of the things i'm looking at as to what kind of monies and how long that should actually take should i take it to a regular mechanic should i take it to a particular nissan place other than okay well first of all you you, all the information that you're getting from people on the telephone is not going to be any good because if you were a painter and I called you and asked you how much to paint my house, um, you would probably have a small three-bedroom more if it was 40 bedrooms. 
So it, what everybody's doing is guessing for you and hoping that you're going to come in. And I suggest that you're wasting your time. Here's how, how it's supposed to be handled. You take your car in and tell them, I'm not getting heat. And they're going to give you an estimate for the diagnostic process. At the end of the diagnostic process, they're going to call you and give you an estimate on the repair. The diagnostic process could involve something wrong underneath the dash, or it could involve something wrong underneath the hood. And it's their job to figure out which one it is. The first thing I would do is grab both heater hoses after you've driven it for 30 minutes or so, and if one of them's hot and one of them's cold, then the heater course plugged up or the heater control valve is shut. I would know what to do at that point. On the other hand, if both of them are hot, then I'd be working underneath the dash to find out which one of the doors is not open or closed to allow hot air to enter the cab of the truck. But there's some sophisticated diagnosis that goes on in that process, and I suggest that you're probably going to spend... $75 to $125 to have somebody tell you what's wrong with it. Now, the very best that can happen to you is, is that he calls you up and says, I figured out what it was. The, the uh, heater control valve underneath the dash, the vacuum line had been kicked off by some passenger. So what I did is I plugged the vacuum line back on to the heater control valve, and then I taped the vacuum line away so it wouldn't happen again. And your diagnostic is 90 and the fixed is 20, so you owe me $111, $120. So that's the best you could hope for. But there's no one, there is no one in this whole world that can tell you what it's going to cost and tell you what's wrong by talking to you over the phone. Well, um, you, all you're getting is best case scenarios and worst case scenarios. And the guys that are giving you cheap numbers want you to come in so they can give you an expensive number. And the guys that are on the top end saying, hey, Kathy, 600, it could be a heater core, and that's going to be 600. That's kind of the worst-case scenario. That's all you're getting is the cheap guys and the and the guys who are telling you the truth. All right. Well, I think I'm quite sure it's a heater core because when we were going up to Sedona a month ago, uh, it was leaking on the inside. Well, what color was the leak, and was the water hot or cold? It was it was the, the, uh, the fluid, not just the water. It was the actual antifreeze. Well, again... You should have touched it because if it's hot, it's coming from the uh, from the uh, heater core, and if it's cold, it's not coming from the heater core. Okay. So okay. I mean, there's more to it than that. We, we right. uh, and if it is the heater core, then if we pressurize the cooling system, and we watch the carpet on the passenger side, and all of a sudden we drip and we we have it go to a clean cloth, and all of a sudden it's green and it's hot, then you're right. It is the heater core. And then your $600 is uh, probably somewhere in the middle of, of what it actually costs. Did they quote you 600 for the labor? They, did they quote you 600 for the labor and the heater core? Did they have a flush and new coolant put in there? Do they have new heater hoses put in there? Because when you cut out the old heater core, you're going to have to put heater hoses in it. So you have all those dynamics that are involved. But my, my mind hasn't changed. You are best served by taking it in and having somebody diagnose it and then give you an estimate. And if you don't have a car shop, then go to MarkSalem.com. I got plenty of good guys all over the valley that you could stop and see. I got to take a break. When we come back, we'll take more calls, 602-508-0960. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. 
Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. Freedom has finally come back to America, and Guns Etc. is celebrating. Starting the moment that Donald Trump takes office on Friday, January 20th, Guns Etc. kicks off their weekend of freedom, and it's going to last the entire weekend. Unbelievable specials and deals on guns, ammo, holsters, gunsmithing, safes, free giveaways, and special pricing you won't see again until Father's Day. Stop on by Guns Etc. from Friday the 20th through Sunday the 22nd. We'll be celebrating freedom and the inauguration, and to help us celebrate you won't believe the giveaways and specials guns etc is on alma school just south of guadalupe you can always give them a call at 480-963-4311 i've been drinking so much i gave a urine sample and it had an olive in it i can't believe the country is heading in the right direction again save the dates january 20th through the 22nd guns etc is weekend of freedom prizes surprises and deals to celebrate freedom that you won't see again for a long while change is here and it's about time Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up. Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number two. Set the Patriot as an alarm clock. Open the app, click in the upper right-hand corner, and select alarm clock. It's that easy. And now you'll wake up to the Patriot. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. The mechanic raised up from under my hood. Thank you for sticking around on our show. We've still got some time available, but I need to tell you about Kurt's Auto Repair first. Kurtz Auto Repair is up on I-17 and Bell. He's in the northeast corner of that intersection, I-17 and Bell. What's special about Kurtz Auto? Well, Kurtz has a couple of guys that work for him. Eric is one of them that's a master tech that is probably one of the best diagnosticians I know. There's about four or five guys in this valley that are really good, and he certainly is one of them. But Kurt and his wife own the repair shop. Eric is related to them, and, and again, he's a great technician. But what's nice about Kurt is, is he's been around for a long time, since 1967. Kurt's 
knows the difference between right or wrong, and he was recognized as one of the winners of the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award last year. So he opened their doors in actually 1987, and I said 67, but my glasses are dirty, and he's been working on domestic and import cars and gas and diesel ever since then. So if you're anywhere near I-17 and Bell and you're looking for a good job, then I would suggest you stop by Kurtz and get an oil change and see how you like them. If you're not looking for a shop and you want to compare your shop to one of mine, you're welcome to do that as well. That's Kurtz Automotive, I-17 and Bell. Let's go to the phones, and we're going to go to Tony first. Tony, good morning. How can we help you? Hey, good morning there, Mark. Uh, I got the 2002 Windstar. It's got a light popping up, but, you know, I, I really want to say something, you know, you guys. I'm so glad you guys made it back, you know, because right now looking at that weather map up there on the rim, that snow is coming down hard and heavy right now. And I mean, it's it really still is. <laughs> but I mean, you know, this, you know, I, I guess this is the time you got to go out to the barn, drag those old smudge pots out, fill them up with that number two, and let them burn. Eat that place. Well, we're, we're lucky because the air or the the electricity. We don't have any phone service up here, but the electricity just came back on, and we had both just put jackets on, and I was getting ready to manually fire up the propane uh, fireplace, but I didn't have to do that. And my wife's been drinking all morning long, so she's got antifreeze. So that's anyway, uh, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, go, go on, on, your wind on, on the light is popping up. Okay, uh, we talked before about this, and you know, I had a bunch of the you know the outer things taken care of to get it through emissions. You know, finally ended up putting the new spark plug wires on her because they were carbon arcing. I have no engine light, but just yesterday I have the check gas cap light pops up. Okay, so I got out, checked the gas cap, made sure it's tightened on, you know, and it's not cycling. You know, it's not going off. I'm just wondering, what are the things I need to look at in that system to figure out why that light's coming on? I'm mean, obviously you got to try and find a code, but, you know, what are some of the things I need to do? It, it literally says check gas cap in your on your dash. Yeah, it says check gas cap. The left hand I, I, side. I mean, the car's right 13 above, years or 14 uh, years old, but I've never really seen that before in my life, and I've never had anybody tell me that. But that's okay. The car is still 13 years old, and maybe it's you know version seven of Windows instead of version 10. Um, I think that light actually means that you have an evaporative leak in the system, and it's guessing and says check the gas cap first to make sure that it's on there tight. I think further investigation is going to indicate in a very strong way that you have an evaporative leak. So the system is sucks the fuel off the tank, runs it through the canister, burns it through the motor again, and there is a time that that system is up and that time that system is down. And what happens is, is it goes into self-test mode, it closes everything, it expects to be able to suck hard on the evaporative system and have this vacuum maintained for a certain amount of time. Well, in this case, it's like sucking through a straw. There's nothing that's going on. We're not developing any vacuum. So we got to go find the leak. The leak detection process involves machines that make smoke. And you got to know where to connect the thing. And then you just stand back and wait for five minutes. And wherever the leak is at, white, dense smoke will come out of it. You go fix that bad solenoid. You fix the bad connection. You fix the bad rubber grommet on top of the fuel tank. That's what's going to be involved in what you're up against right now. All right. Thank you, Mark. You stay warm. Okay. Thank you very much, Tony. Let's go to Bob. Bob, good morning to you. How can we help you? Yes, Mark. 
Yes, I have a 2006 Chevy 2500 HG that uh, I have problems with my front brakes. They I keep warping the rotors, and I pull a 15,500-pound camping trailer. So I was wondering, do I need to replace my uh, my rotors with uh, plotted and cross drill? And what type of brake shoes should I be putting on? Okay, I I don't I I I apologize, but evidently my email answer to you um, didn't get to you, but. Um, I, I don't agree that swatted rotors or drilled rotors is the answer to your problem. Um, I think two things. Number one, I, I would make doggone sure those rear brakes of the truck are working because when the rear brakes stop working, it puts the entire load on the front brakes, then they overheat, and then they cause the rotors to warp. So the, so the tremendous load on the front axle causes the brake rotors to warp. The second thing I would do is I would examine the trailer brakes, and if it's a 15,000-pound trailer, it should have brakes on all four wheels. And I would dial up my brake controller where I was on a dirt road and I was doing about 10 miles an hour, and I would make sure that when I apply the brakes on the dirt road that I can lock up the trailers with that, and then I'm going to back off a notch or two on my brake controller. But I need to have that trailer help me stop the truck and the trailer. So the rear brakes, if they fall out of adjustment or they're not working or they're not helping, and if they're rear disc brakes, there is a way that we can adjust those rear calipers to get the rear brakes to be part of the braking a lot more. So those are the two things. If I was in charge of, of fixing your truck, I'd want the truck first. Let's make sure the rear brakes work. And then I want you to bring the trailer by, and you and I are going to work on the trailer brakes and fine-tune that. The easiest way to determine how to set your controller is read the direction. Because some of them, they want you to push the brake pedal hard and then dial in a number. Some of them want you to drive on a dirt road, and some of them you want you to drive on an asphalt road. So they all have different ways of setting their brake controllers. If you have another question, just hang on, and Gil's going to put you on hold. i got to get out of this break, so I'll be back in about four minutes. I'm Mark Salem, 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open, and we'll be back right after this. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. In this economy, some career positions are disappearing, new ones are emerging, and the rest are changing forever. For example, the media account executive of the past could focus on selling one platform. But today, they must coordinate traditional media with social media, terrestrial with digital, on-air with online, 
Here at Salem Media Group, we're looking for this new generation of account executives, multimedia marketing consultants, people who can use all of Salem's media platforms. Like our digital, social media, and live events as opportunities to help our advertisers reach their customers wherever they are. If you're ready to boost your sales career and be a part of the future of multi-platform media, go to 960thepatriot.com. Click on the Patriot Info tab and click on Jobs to send your resume. Salem offers an aggressive compensation package, health insurance, and 401k. Salem Media Group is a great place to grow your career in media sales. Learn more at 960thepatriot.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. Summer isn't fun when you're hungry. If only I had a big test today. Or a book report to give. Give me a math quiz. Give me some homework. If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer. I'll stay after class. I'll clean the chalkboard. I'll keep my desk grill clean. So they can stop worrying about food and start focusing on fun. I'll do extra homework. I'll clean the class pet's cage. I'll skip recess. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. School might end. But free lunches don't have to. Find your local Feeding America food bank for help. Together, we're feeding America. Contact St. Mary's Food Bank Alliance at 602-242-FOOD. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Let's see what time it is. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. I'm here every Saturday from 10 o'clock till noon talking about cars with you. You're a big part of our show. But I want to tell you about IMM Auto Service just real quick. They've been fixing cars right and caring for their customers since 1972. IMM is one of the few shops in the Valley that specializes in Volvos, Saab, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo. But they also can work on all the other cars in your garage. So if you have a Chevy, Ford, or Dodge, they can do that too. But they are especially good with Volvos, Saab, Fiat, and Alfa Romeos. So they're in the northeast quadrant of Tempe. They're south of the 202, just west of the 101. They've been around a long time. So, But one way or another, perhaps you have a daughter or a son that's attending ASU, and they have one of those cars that's stuff to fix. You are best served by IMM Auto Service. Bob, we're going to go back to Bob. Bob has a, a three-quarter ton heavy-duty truck. He's a wolf in the rotors on the front brake rotors, and he's pulling a really big trailer. And um, Bob is concerned that he's uh, he could upgrade the front brakes as opposed to uh, 
and that might help them out. Bob, my explanation of let's get those rear brakes working and then let's make sure the trailer brakes are working. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. Uh, the, uh, the patch, I know I got warped rotors now, so I need to replace the rotors. Uh, so, uh, you know, the just standard rotors that, you know, GM rotors or what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you can buy. You can buy rotors. GM rotors are not made by GM. They're made by some subcontractor. It could be in Texas, could be in China, could be in South America. So, I mean, right now, Motocraft oil in the bottle is actually Kendall oil. It's not. There's no such thing as Motocraft oil. So those are just misnomers. But in, in your particular case, there's no guarantee that you have to replace the rotors either. What we have to do is measure the thickness of the rotor. If the thickness of the rotor is 30 thousandths more than minimum thickness written on the, motor, the rotor, then we can cut both sides of that. We can take 5 thousandths off one side, 5 thousandths off the other side, and we're still within the 30, you know, 30 thousandths of meat you still have on the rotor, and we're home free. As far as pads are concerned, just get a name brand, Delco, Bendix, um, Wagner, Raybestos. Those kinds of pads are, are, and those guys make most everybody else's pads. So, you know, I, I would use one of those, and I would have somebody mic the rotors to make sure that they do need to be replaced. And it is true the thinner the rotor gets, the more likely it is to overheat, but that's not carved in stone. It has everything to do with the driver's right foot. So good luck to you, Bob. I appreciate you calling with that question. Let's go to Tony, and then we're going to go to Marcos. Marcus, Tony, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. Um, I have a problem with my AC. It only blows hot air. Someone suggested checking for the Freon, which I think that's what it's called. So I bought one of those products that you can check it and fill it, but it is full. So someone else suggested it could be the condenser or it could be these paddles that are inside that aren't opening or closing or whatever. I get warm air, but I also get exhaust right out of the engine, and that's making me ill. But I want to know what's the first step I should do, which I know I do believe I need to see someone, but I don't know where to go that they're not going to, like, charge me $2,000 to fix this. Do you have any ideas on that? Yeah, yeah, you are. You are. First of all, there's no way that you have the ability to see if that system's full or not. Somebody sold you a bill of goods. Somebody's lying to you. The sophisticated Mm -hmm. equipment necessary to pull the Freon out of your car and measure it by weight and then determine how much it weighs, and then determine how far you are above and below your Freon level, that piece of equipment is about $4,000. And I own two of them. I'm not bragging about that, but we use two of them. So let's throw that idea out the window. Number one, if you want to do this yourself, is turn the air conditioning on maximum, go to the compressor, and there's two hoses on the compressor. There's a smaller aluminum hose that comes off the compressor, and that should be hot to the touch. The bigger hose that comes off the AC compressor is also aluminum, and it's going to be cold to the touch, ice cold to the touch this time of year. If, in fact, you have hot on one side and cold on the other, then it is true that the paddles, or what we call blend doors, underneath your dash are the most likely suspect, but replacing those is not what you do. You go in and look to see if the mechanical linkage has come apart. 
You go in and see if the signal is being sent to the door to open. And then sometimes you take the Big Mac out of behind the door so the door can get open because the Big Mac fell through the vents on the dashboard. Mm. So there's all kinds of things that need to be done. And frankly, you're going to be able to just do the first one. And that's just make sure when you're on maximum air that one side of the compressor is hot and the other side's cold. And do it quickly because the hot one um, is warm. And the cold one, you're not going to freeze your hand off, but the cold one's cold, and you'll know the difference. Yes. Okay, so I do that, and I determine there, one is hot and one is cold, so then you're thinking it is the blend doors? Yes, that, that would be the next place you would look at. You would check to see if the blend door is getting the signal, because I want you to think of the underneath the dash this way. I want you to picture the letter Y, okay? On the left side of the Y is hot air. And on the right side of the Y is cold air. And oh, where the okay. two pipes come to the one another, to, to the bottom pipe, there's a blend door there. So the blend door will shut off the hot and give you cold, or it'll shut off the cold and give you hot. That's a simplified version where I can paint a picture in your mind using radio. Yeah, I see that. It's hard on radio. So let's say that, it, that it, there is a problem there. What's the next, I mean, how do I go about finding someone reliable to do this? What part of town do you live in? I live in Tempe. Uh, this, this is an embarrassing situation for me because um, I, I, I've been on radio since 1988, and I, I, I do my best never to say the name of my shop, but unfortunately, if you live in Tempe, I don't have anybody else in Tempe I, oh, in the northeast corner of Tempe, I have Schumann's Auto, and he could do this for you. Are you where are you at in Tempe? North, south, east, or west? South. Okay, you could go to my shop and talk to my daughter Andy. Okay, I. What is that shop? It's it's called Salem Boys Auto, and it's on Warner Road, and it's oh yeah. West. Okay. That's All our right. shop. All right, well, I, I will follow through with those things, and if I'm running into a wall, that's where I'm going, okay? Okay, all right, well, good. You talk to my daughter, Andy. She'll take care of you. Thank you so much. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got Tony. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, that was Tony Marcos. I know you've been waiting. I'm going to take you the very first second we get back from this break. We'll be right back right after this. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. 
Elvis impersonated? Freedom has finally come back to America. And Guns Etc. is celebrating. Starting the moment that Donald Trump takes office on Friday, January 20th, Guns Etc. kicks off their weekend of freedom. And it's going to last the entire weekend. Unbelievable specials and deals on guns, ammo, holsters, gunsmithing, safes, free giveaways, and special pricing you won't see again until Father's Day. Stop on by Guns Etc. from Friday the 20th through Sunday the 22nd. We'll be celebrating freedom and the inauguration. And to help us celebrate, you won't believe the giveaways and specials. Guns Etc. is an Alma school just south of Guadalupe. You can always give them a call at 480-963-4311. I've been drinking so much, I gave a urine sample and it had an olive in it. I can't believe the country is heading in the right direction again. Save the dates, January 20th through the 22nd. Guns Etc. is weekend of freedom. Prizes, surprises, and deals to celebrate freedom that you won't see again for a long while. Change is here, and it's about time. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. How do I choose a book? Is it the cover? Uh, yeah, some, I guess, you know, it's sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual, so it's a combination of those two. The first book I remember was Captain's Courageous. When I finished that book, I had become so involved with these characters. So here's the thing. If a book's really, really impressing me and the writing is really, really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the ends, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Well, welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, we're here talking about cars. And just like I promised, market, you're up first. How can I help you? Uh, Mark, this is in reference to the guy that had the 77 Chevy 4x4 with the possible sticky valves. Uh, hopefully, he's still listening. Um, have you ever used a motor flush by BK Products? Um. I, I, I am aware of the BK products. I don't presently use them um, or, or sell them or offer them for sale for uh, a lot of personal reasons. But I understand that they have a, a motor flush. Um, but what, what I think that is important here is, is, is we're looking for varnish on the stems of the valves. And what goes into the motor is never going to see the valve. So the backside of the valve is only seen by gasoline as it comes right. to the carburetor. And That's so what I was hoping to do was to run solvents down the top of those valves and, uh, and through the pushrod assembly. And that's what I was, I was hoping to do. But the, uh, there are a variety of flushes available at a Pep Boys store or something like that. And certainly that would be a, a good idea for him to try that. Have, have you had personal experience with that? Uh, yeah, I, I have. I um, I ran it in a 351 Cleveland that had 143,000 miles before I was doing a performance intake manifold swap. And when I pulled the manifold off to do the swap, you could literally eat off the uh, valley pan and, and underneath, you know, where the valves were. Also, too, have you ever uh, run a little ATF down the carburetor just a little bit at a time at high RPMs? Uh, 
that cold ATF will sometimes blast the carbon off the tops of those valves, too. No, 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 no. We use ATF to soften carbon. We use water to blow the carbon off. So you have to be careful that you don't hydraulic that motor. But we do that both with fuel-injected and carbureted cars. And uh, you've got your right hand throttling it up, and your left hand, you're pouring water across the two front barrels. You don't want to kill the motor, but you got to keep that RPM up high enough, and the cold water will be inhaled by the motor and cause the carbon to shatter like a, a hot light bulb underneath cold water. Yeah, so, I've used now, ETF and uh, water, but like you said, you got to be real careful. Well, you have to be careful with a hydraulic fluid, with, with transmission fluid the same, because it, it, it's not going to compress. So no matter whether you're dumping ATF down the front of the carburetor or you're dumping water down the front of the carburetor, you, it's the equal amount of care is the same. Oh, I so, know. It but, is but I agree with also, you. Also, the thing of it is, it makes a lot I was of watching some fights the other day on television, and it's sponsored by this company, that, and they had a product that did everything imaginable. You get better fuel economy, it cleans your engine, cleans your tailpipe, cleans your catalytic converter, cleans the backside of your intake valves, cleans the top of your piston, cleans your rods, cleans this, cleans that. And I'm here to tell you that nothing can do all of that at once. There's different chemicals for all of that. And it's, it's a company that sells this to millions of people, but it's a feel-good doctrine of your motor, and it doesn't really do anything for you. I'm happy you had a clean valley. I'm happy that you found a motor flush that was good. But, but chemicals that you use on a car, um, there has to be a certain purpose and a certain outcome. And that's kind of what we were talking about. But thanks for bringing that up, Marcus, because i got to run. i got two mics on the phone. Mic number one, how can I help you? Hello, Mark. Uh, I've got a four minutes or three minutes of short on time, and I've got a question. I've uh, isolated it down to the clutch area. I hear it in that area. Uh, let the clutch out. It sounds like, you know, the, uh, you know a uh, card on a spokes of a bike when you're cranking along, and when I push in the clutch, it goes away, it, and it doesn't do it in reverse, and it doesn't change RPMs except for if you go faster, and also on that is I go down to Patagonian back, and it doesn't seem to be getting any worse, um, and it has what's called a dual mass uh, flywheel, I don't know if you're familiar with those. You there? Uh, of course, of course I am. Okay, um, and I'm just wondering if that's where the problem is. If one of the springs on that might have broken, and just you know getting noise from it, but it doesn't seem to be. I replaced the clutch, eh, you know, about fifty thousand miles ago. Okay, well I need you to talk up a little bit because I can barely hear you. But but let me tell you, um, I can't diagnose your your problem over the phone. But I can tell you that I can if you were sitting in front of me and I got to drive your car. Because as I drive your car, I'm going to try it with the transmission loaded on the hard X-cell and on D-cell. I'm going to listen closely for the noise. I'm going to listen to see whether the noise is made when I engage the clutch and disengage the clutch. I'm going to, I'm going to run a series of tests that could number at least 10 to try to isolate what's happening and where the noise is at. Right. It's, the noise is going to come and go depending on where it's at. So right. I would strongly suggest that you not jump to a dual-mass flywheel or a clutch replacement. I would suggest for free that you just go have some transmission shop 
message and take them for a drive and let them listen to it and let them drive it because if they're smart, they're going to do what what a good transmission guy would be. And at the end of the day, he's going to say, the, the uh, throttle bearing is hanging up on its carrier and I can feel it through the pedal. And all I want to do is slide the transmission back and put a file on the front bearing retainer and then put a new throttle bearing in there and you'll be just fine. That's the conversation you're going to have. Uh, so that's what needs to happen is, is I, I, can, I can ask you the questions, but you're not going to have the good answers. And I'd much rather subscribe it myself. And so with transmission shops, what part of town do you live in? Uh, I live in North Phoenix. Okay. Um, I think Kelly Clark at 40th and Bell could probably drive that and isolate it. I don't really have a transmission shop up in that area that I trust, but I know Kelly Clark's guys could probably get really close on that and, uh, and, and give you some focus. And then again, if they teach you how to listen and watch it, you'll be able to determine on whether it's getting worse or getting better, depending on the weather, which sometimes clutches do. It's not uncommon for clutch to have a problem in the summer and go away in the winter or vice versa. So um, I would think Kelly Clark at 40th and Bell would be a place that I would drive, stop in, and I would say, would you send your seasoned transmission technician with me, and I'm going to have him for 20 minutes while I demonstrate a noise. And then my question to him is, is do you want to drive, and can you tell me where that noise is coming from? Right. All righty. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. And let's go to Mike number two. Mike number two, how are you today? Pretty good. How you doing, sir? Um, what I've got, I've, I've got a 2002 Chevy. It's an 8.1 uh, HD25 uh, Silverado, and my instrument cluster gauge is up in front. Uh, the fuel gauge is always back and forth, dropping the low fuel. And I know, I know it's got gas in it, and my trans temperature gauge is flickering all the time. How big a deal is that to change that cluster uh, gauges out? Well, it's, it's two things. Um, it isn't that big of a deal. Um, what, what's going to happen to you is, is that most of us are going to want to take the cluster out and look at the connections at the back of it, and look at the printed circuit on it, make sure that that's all good, and then plug it back in and then give it back to you and say, hey, does the problem continue for the next week or is it gone? So we fix a lot of clusters by plugging and unplugging them because that's the way it is. There's a huge plug on the back of that cluster. The second issue is, is there's a problem with the stepper motor on those old Chevy pickups. What you don't want to do is, is you don't want to send it to one shop who's going to send it to another shop who's going to send it to another shop who's finally going to go to the guy in town that can actually fix it you're going to find the guy in Phoenix that it can actually fix it. And so you're going to have to have somebody pull it out. Then you can take it and have it fixed. But there's a little bit of a risk associated with that because then if it doesn't fix your problem, then you were a part of the decision-making process. But you could also find a shop that would bid the R&R, remove and reinstall, plus the rebuild of your cluster. The rebuild of your cluster is going to be a lot cheaper than a complete cluster because your mileage doesn't have to change. Where if you do a complete cluster, then you got to take it someplace and have the mileage changed. Oh, that's so, right. okay. my, my advice. And another place you could start at is, is the Dick Speedo and Pack up on uh, 7th Street north of Indian Schools. Been around since Jesus was a baby. And I would go there and talk to them first because they know speedometers and dash clusters as well as anybody. And where's that at, sir? That's Dick's Speedo and Tack on 7th Street north of Indian School on your right-hand side or on the east side of the road. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Good luck to you. Uh, thank you very much. Marty, you're up next. How can I help you? 
Yeah, Mark, I have an old Subaru Brat that was uh, leaking from around the oil pump. I pulled the oil pump, and there was no gasket, just some gray RTV. And I can't get the gasket unless I order the whole engine gasket set. Should I just try the same RTV, or do you have a, recommend another gasket maker I could use? Well, what, what we normally do is, is we just set the oil pump down on a piece of gasket paper, and then uh, we just draw a line around it. And then we tap on the oil pump, and it will make an impression, all the holes that you need. And then we take a little 3-8 socket, and we put them on top of the hole, and we set it on a flat part of the vise, and we hit the hammer on the socket, which cuts the hole in the gasket. <laughs> and then we put a slight film of, uh, of RTV on one side, not two sides, because if you put it on two sides, then the gasket has a tendency tendency to slip and move so we put rtv on one side and then we just put it all together did that make sense to you okay so you can just buy any gasket material at any any parts store yeah yeah you just go in and ask for a, a sheet of gasket material and you did you have an old gasket when you took the oil pump off no that's what, that's what i mean it didn't have one on it, it was just straight RTV. okay it's entirely possible that it it would it, it would work well with rtv um, you clean both surfaces, and then you clean them with a little alcohol, and then you put a thin film of RTV on both sides, and then you bolt it all together. And if it, how many bolts hold it on? Just four. Okay, so you do them in a diagonal fashion, right top and left bottom, and then left top and right bottom, and you bring them all in together. Uh, the risk associated with that is is you've got about a 25 to 50 percent chance of it leaking. If you put a gasket in there, you've probably only got about a 10% chance of it leaking. So that's, that's you know, it's kind of hard to say. But I'm another thing you could do is you could buy a piece of sandpaper, and, and, and if you have a real flat surface somewhere, like on your wife's kitchen stove top, if it's real flat, you put the sandpaper on top of the glass stove top, then you rub the uh, oil pump across it on the mating surface, and the oil pump shouldn't be warped. If it's warped, then you're going to have to go with my way with the gasket. If it's nice and flat, then our RTV are more than likely going to work. Okay? All right, thanks. You betcha. All righty. Let me tell you about Larry Harker's Auto. Larry Harker's Auto has been in business in Phoenix since 1967. Larry Harker's Auto is on Indian School on 38th Avenue, and he is certainly one of the top five or ten diagnosticians that this city has to offer you. What he has that's missing on a lot of other ones, including me, he has tenacity. Bob will follow every wire everywhere they went, they go. He doesn't take advantage of his customers. But the last two or three cars that have come up to me, I've had people call me and say, I had a truck, and you turn on the air conditioning and the horn honks, or I honk the horn and the taillights come on. Bob has been able to find and fix all of those problems with the customer being happy at the end of the day. So those are the issues when it comes to fixing the car. So if you want the best diagnostician, probably in the west side of Phoenix, then you're going to go to Larry Harker's Auto. But they also do oil changes. They also do maintenance service. They also do air conditioning. They work on foreign and domestic cars. They can get your car through emissions and all the other stuff. But when it comes to tracking down that crazy symptom, then Bob at Larry Harker's Auto is a good guy to go. Between now and then, I'll see you next Saturday between 10 and noon. And between now and then, I'm asking you and I'm begging you to wear your seatbelt. Um, I see lots of people that are hurt 
because they get thrown out of their cars. And in the last couple of weeks, we've had more, a lot of them. So by, by all means, wear your seatbelts. You're better off in the car than out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.